Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of the Flurza podcast, the Flurza experience, uh, if you will, a show about Gwent, but so much more. Uh, we haven't been canceled yet. Can you believe that? I'm joined by the wardrobe wizard, Pavel Burja. I'm trying to do something every new every week, Pavel, where it's like, Something related to your because you're known for your suits. Uh, but what, why? I mean, there's more to me than my suits, and I don't. I wouldn't consider myself a wardrobe wizard unless I was. I don't know if if anyone watches Queer Eye, you have Tan there, and he's able to like create like a new look for people. Uh, I I could not do that. I wear pretty much the same stuff, like a t-shirt, a hoodie, mm -hmm. same type of jeans. You know, don't. No, I'm not. No, I'm no wizard. Yeah, hello, episode four of the experience. I like experience, the Flores experience. Uh, so this is um, this is a prequel, which is after a trilogy, right? Yeah, well, kind of, I guess. I mean, like, there was episode four, five, six of Star Wars, and then they came out with the, the prequels. So usually after a trilogy, you usually go back in time, kind of like they did it with True. The Phantom Menace, they did it with The Hobbit, like after successful trilogies, right? So they kind of... You kind of do the, the the prequel thing after a, a trilogy. I don't know. That's kind of how I've seen it. So yeah, episode four, a new Hobbit hope. Yeah, I I guess. I mean, you got the Star Wars, you got the Lord of the Rings in there, and but the, yeah. what we don't have is Sharknados, which is good. This is a Sharknado free zone. Thank God. Uh, just, maybe just a, a new <laughs> Hobbit Sharknado hope. <laughs> how how quick would the Lord of the Rings ended if the battle, uh, at, you know, the Good. battle of Gondor or the battle at Helm's Deep had a Sharknado <laughs> just roll <Yeah>. through it? <laughs> yeah, just roll through it. Probably by the just, just you know, the older the orcs and the Urukai and the goblins, it could go that way. Leave all the, you know good people alone but uh, all the baddies get get hit by sh sharknado <laughs> just picture gandalf is like i have summoned water and wind and great Run white together. sharks <laughs> <laughs> together and go <laughs> that would be awesome that would be awesome but i think it would be a bit too much and i don't think sharks were were part of like the fantasy genre in any way well they had like ele like the oliphants like look frodo oliphants yeah. and they're just gigantic <laughs> like elephant like war machines which is pretty cool yeah well awesome stuff so for this episode we will talk about of course update 10.2 which came out um on tuesday yes mm -hmm. uh we will talk about the new journey featuring dandelion and dijkstra and their uh unlikely relationship and we will talk about an end of an era and if you, look, you 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 will guess probably what it is if you're in the Gwen community, but if you don't have an idea, just look at Flake's T-shirt that will tell you something about it. Busted it out! Uh, yeah, yep. there it is. Um, so so some changes uh, in the pro scene, and uh, of course we will have a brand new Babcia Marisha Polish word of the week. This one's uh, this one's really really good this time. I really like. Although all of them are good, but this one's this one's gonna be a hard one to explain. <laughs> and of course, we will round it out by answering your questions, which you ask on Reddit and also on Twitter. So this journey, I mean, like it, it, as always, there's the little bit of a teaser, you know, like on the playgwent.com webpage or whatever. There's the countdown, and there's always speculation. Everybody, even when the journey is like well underway, it's just kind of right in the midst of it. People are always just tossing their ideas as to, okay, what is the journey going to be? Who is the character? What is the 
the theme of this particular journey. And there was lots of speculation for this journey. Mm -hmm. And some might have held out a little bit of hope that it was going to be Dagon. So we're going to do what we always do, which is update you on our Dagon rumor report. So, Persia, if you will, the Dagon rumor report, please. Yes, sir. So we have joined forces with the United Nations and consulted with international weather experts who have been studying an increase in fog-related events. So this is very scientific, important stuff. They have concluded there is precisely a 0% chance that Dagon will be a thing. Yes, uh, I am very enthused that, uh, especially now during the Olympics, that the governments of the world can agree on one thing. And that is that Dagon is not happening. Okay. Uh, let's start with the uh, the Wayback Machine, which we do every week. We go back in time and kind of peruse through some of the headlines that were going around in Gwent uh, over the course of its uh, its short but impactful lifespan. And this week in Gwent history, 2021, which seems like that's the year we're in. No, we're in 2022. No. Uh, a year ago this week, the Yennefer journey kicked off. Yes, it did. And uh, yeah, awesome story, awesome character, better than Tris, Team Yen. Hashtag Team Yen, of course. Um, yeah, I can't believe it's been already like a year. It has. Feels like it was, feels like it was yesterday also, but at the same time, it's, it's been quite some time since that one launch. Which is nice. Nice. I mean, there was the Geralt one that kicked off, and then we had a whole bunch of other ones yeah. afterwards. The Yennefer one was a pretty decent, and... I know that there's always people who kind of there's going to be your your criticisms of the journey. And a lot of it is just like, oh, I don't like this character. But, uh, you know, if you dig deeper and beyond that, what's cool about it is just the fact that some of the the cards and the trinkets and stuff that you get are, are pretty sweet. And I really like the uh, the Yennefer journey. It wasn't my favorite by any means, but it was uh, it was a pretty decent one. And uh, I liked it. I think I, I still think I, I like the Regis one the best. Purely there was like you get the three different ones, right? Like the three different characters. Yeah. Yeah, you see you you have, you know, the 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 normal human form, then you have half breed and then the full vampire transformation of of his. But yeah, I think that one that one was really cool, but what I like for for Jennifer were the awesome different aura auras that she had kind of around her. Mm -hmm. Um and I really like her like hooded version, which is the one that I kind of go for when 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 I'm playing. And of course the coins with the with the special like pentagram that she had on her necklace those yes. awesome, so the addition of like the coin being different is kind of cool. I like that as well. Yeah. Um, in Agreed. 2018, believe it or not, Ooh. four freaking years ago, four years ago. With a blast from the past. Draft mode was announced four years ago. It has been four freaking years. And what's really fascinating about this is that when I was digging through this, the announcement of draft was done as a little bit of like a 30-second teaser video. And mm -hmm. I watched that teaser video. And who was in that teaser video? You had King Blacktooth and you had Merchant in that yeah. video, which is like... <laughs> This for for some who are out there are, are are there's like two responses. One was like, oh damn, like those are some names, especially Merchant. Like Merchant was yeah. uh, a face of Gwen, and and there are going to be so many people listening to this who are like, who the living f is Merchant? Because Merchant, yeah, Merchant for those who do not know is like a a pillar of the of Gwent, like a, a, a building block, you know, like a foundational member of the community who was part of the broadcasting crew for so long, streamed it, um, then uh, went to Magic, and then it doesn't stream anymore in general. It's just yeah. a, and but uh, you want to talk about one hell of a voice, man. Merchant is 
uh, pretty incredible big deal. Incredible voice, incredible voice. Like I think one of one of the like most well known voices on the on the casting team for sure. Um, yeah, I I loved having him as, as as the caster, content creator. Like he was doing everything. He was streaming. He was creating content. He was also very very like up when it came to like critiquing the game and also uh, testing stuff with us. So I mean, he like you like you said for sure. I would call him a pillar. Uh, but like you say, he 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 then ventured to MTG, played a little bit of that, and after that, he kind of you know stopped streaming and stopped doing. Uh, that type of content creation. I see him like uh, posting stuff from time to time. Yeah. Uh, awesome dude all around. Like if yeah. if, he ever, if he's ever watching this, like shout out to him because he was he was amazing, great. I mean, still is. Uh, but yeah, it was nice to, to to work with him on all the Gwet related stuff. I don't know if he'd listen to this. I'll 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 poke him and say, hey, we we talked about you. But one thing that I can say about Merchant, I mean, Merchant and I, um, I don't think we've ever like met face to face because we kind of never uh sort of our, our careers within Gwent never really cross uh, cross paths in that or overlapped in that regard however we have talked a lot and i can honestly say that uh merchant is is somebody who has never pulled punches with me he's always been in, excuse me incredibly honest with me and i've respected and appreciated that as 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 friends uh, and i think he lives in, in, I think he moved to Toronto, which is ridiculous. Oh, really? Yeah, wow, but I, I could incredible. be wrong, but I, I know that he has some Canadian uh, association. I got to double check that, but he I'm did. pretty sure like he he could live on my street, and I have no idea. But um, nice. the point of this way back is the fact that Draft Mode is uh, four years old, and it, I know that it got an update recently. Wow. Actually, we spoke yeah. about it this week. Are, uh, I, I, I particularly am not yet completely satisfied with Draft Mode. I think that it's... Neither. I think it needs work, but this For is something sure. that... I I, I personally would if it if I if it had a few extra little adjustments. I think that this is something that I would dedicate. Uh, I would consider going back to streaming for. I because you you like limited formats, so like you like drafting yeah. cards, you like creating things from from scratch. You're not a, like a, like like me. I'm 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 big on constructed and creating the, the you know the, the the best awesome cookie cutter deck. And you're you're more kind of like let me create something cool out of this. Although to be to be quite honest recently i've started enjoying um you know drafting limited as a, as a thing i think it's 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 pretty cool i think i gotta get go give it another go like this draft mode mm-hmm. like i tried it once and i actually was i enjoyed it i thought it was great i mean i went uh i want uh like six and one i think in in the with the free draft token good. i got yeah it was and what's cool is like you're playing and you're like okay like you're you're creating these odd synergies and stuff the uh there were some things that need tweaking in terms of like swapping cards and like a little bit of the format of it i think that maybe it's a situation of you know you, you get a little bit too cute with things you you're, you get a little yeah. bit too uh technical i think that it needs draft just needs to be boiled down to a little bit more of a bare bones thing but Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a mode that you like you said it, i love the fact that there is a because uh, i'm not a deck builder i'm not a shinmiri i'm not a um you know a speci or, or all these other people who create these fascinating decks I'm, that's not me i like limited because it's to me limited uh, like for instance sealed for those who don't know what sealed is um sealed is you get six packs of a set and you build a deck mm-hmm. out of it like just that mm-hmm. just with what you're given to me it's more of a okay like how do you grow a flower out of this pile of crap you know so yeah exactly and, and it's, it's a fascinating thing it's a puzzle and that's what i appreciate it because everyone has the same problem so it more it rewards more of your creativity within a limited scope uh and your your 
um, your your understanding of of resources and and such. So um, I, I wish it was just a little bit better. Yeah, I think it, it still needs some work, especially on the on the packages side, because those feel like they're kind of outdated. Same goes for the card pool that is available in them. So, yeah, of course we're aware of that. I mean, it's a, it's still a work in progress type of deal. So there will be some tweaks coming to it in the in the near future. The problem with draft overall, kind of, is is the fact that you know it is something additional to like the standard mode that we have put like a lot, a lot of focus into. And that is kind of our, our main thing. Like, so multiplayer is working, so we keep everything balanced. And then on top of that, we have our balance team also working on uh, our Golden Necker project. Plus they are also working on draft now. So it's just, you know, you gotta, you gotta pick your battles yeah. and kind of make things work somehow. But yeah, we're, we're aware and hopefully Hopefully, we'll make that thing better in the near future. Because yeah, I think I think there's there are players that just are they choose like limited and sealed formats like over anything else. Because yeah, not everybody is a deck builder. Like not everybody wants to like fine tune like special pieces within the deck and trying to make it you know even better, even better, or kind of tailor to the meta that they're playing in. Some people just like to take, like you said, cards which normally would not maybe like work together or fit together and try to put them together and make them like work, right? So I get that. I get that. And that's, like I said, I've been recently appreciating a little bit of uh, Sealed. And I think I think it's overall, it's a, it's a cool format for people who want to just also like learn about the cards, want to have fun. And uh, sometimes you can come up with some crazy like combos and ideas, which would, oh, yeah. which would normally not work in a deck that you know is is this like high high fine tuned, every piece is like perfect. Um, so yeah, yeah. There was a, a I remember one of the the deck I, I drafted had Passiflora and Haunt, and it was Ooh. and I had all the pieces for it. Like I had everything to get it to go. So it was like, all right, round one, just jam one of the, whichever of the, um, you know, whichever one of the scenarios I draw is like, that's the round one. And then there's the round three. Like, so like, let's have fun. And the one game I lost was because somebody had an equally as ridiculous draw. It was like, they had like the three or four uh, roaches jumping out. They had like, an, they had like the Ignis to crush me. It was I so remember fun. Those days. But like the fun part about it was the fact that like, yeah, you're getting crushed, but it's it's draft so you're not upset because it's like oh i I have to deal with another igni it's like oh they got an igni like that's so cool like in the same regard that you're proud of the nonsense that you drafted like that's what i love about it you don't feel as bad losing in draft as you do in another game because it's it's just um you know you roll the dice and you see what you get and it's fun in that regard and you just appreciate it a lot more i i i agree with you here like you appreciate it because like oh someone came up with this and it actually makes sense so you can't really feel bad yeah because it's not like they had all the best cards in the set in order to you know start and create like a magnificent crazy deck i mean even if they did, even if you gave someone like all the cards from a set, let's say, and say like, okay, create something out of this set, like they could make something that would be crazy. But you also need to think about that you have a limited time always to to create that. It's not like you can do it like that. Done. I know all the cards like easy easily pieced together. And I also like when when there's any like drafts, I will use MTG as uh, uh, as an example. I really like when. 
like the pros, they do like power rankings for each cards and kind of say like, this card is viable. This is like a 2.5, this is a three. Yeah. I really like those because it kind of gives you the, the perspective like when drafting, you, you, if you like do your homework before, you're like, okay, this, I know this card is a three, is a four, but still that itself is doesn't doesn't really like fully translate into what you'll get in packs and what you'll create from the cards that you get and what your opponents will draft and create. So it's always like there's always this 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 element of of surprise, which yeah. is really cool with the format. Which is yeah. which is super awesome. And what I used to like is uh, Hearthstone used to have like this running challenge of like a hundred and ten. Like, uh, can you win a hundred draft games or arena games in ten? Um, in 10, you know, like goes and the max wins mm -hmm. you can get in a run is 12. So you'd have to average 10 of 12 every time. And I remember a while ago, so a long time ago when draft was announced, I guess that's when it was like three or four years ago. I, mm -hmm. I, I made a challenge, which was, I think at the time it was like 75, uh, 75 wins in 10 runs, uh, Ooh. because I think the max you could win was nine games or something like that. Um, and I want to actually reintroduce this. So the max you can win is seven, right? I think in a run is you yeah, can win seven. seven. So I want to put out a challenge, and I don't know what the prize is going to be yet, uh, but I'll I'll make it decent. It could be like it might be like some of my like uh, I might give away my uh, Gwent pins. I've got sealed Gwent cards. I've got T-shirts mm. and stuff like that. I'll figure something out. But I we want can, we can we can throw in some 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 kegs too. So oh, there you go. So here you go. So CDPR is right on this. Pavel Burz is going to put his kegs where his mouth is too. Exactly. Uh, how about this? Does this seem does this seem correct? Sixty wins in ten games. So you need to average six wins. I think that's that it's it's yeah. certainly difficult but what we need is the proof like we want the proof of it so if there's people streaming out there um you know or recording their their sessions or whatever if you could prove to us that you won 60 uh 60 draft games in 10 in 10 goes then I think that's fair I think that's uh that's, that's very fair all right, we're and I'm gonna make it because I think this is this could actually be fairly difficult. So, um, I'll 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 find some cool prizes, and uh, if you can do it, um, yes. we'll do it. All right, topics for today. We got it, Mr. You, Pavel. You said, it, you, you said it. It's 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 live, so it's gonna happen. <laughs> it's on the record. If it's on, it's on the, the Flurza experience, then it's it's gospel. It's like it's written exactly. in stone. Yeah. Um, I mean, the new patch, I don't know how, how much we can really want to dig into this. There's so much that's uh, basically been Ooh. switched and changed. And my main criticism of this is not necessarily of the fact that there's no, balances. changes for monsters. <laughs> Which is good. I mean, that's a that that typically is a good thing. And that could potentially change. Because when you're changing everything else, it, it by consequence, you're kind of influencing monsters because everything else around monsters is different so yeah. the way it interacts with those other uh factions might have to mean that monsters has to get a kick in the Indeed. pants but um ultimately my slight criticism not necessarily of this particular patch i love the fact that cards get balanced regularly because they need to but for me it was more the sense of another just broad stroke of changes to northern realms and i think that in, in retrospect whenever, i saw i saw your comment yeah I, I just don't like i've never liked northern realms i've never been into it i've never really dug into it when you look at i, I play skellige more than i play northern realms and you know how much i hate skellige pardon my language i had to this is there it is the first swear by me on the show um 
but it's like Northern Realms just never seems to be solidified as as anything. It's uh, gone through so many changes. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Like the problem with with an R always has been trying to find its like core identity as a faction. Like, what is it? What is it about? Is it about orders? What is, is it about crew? What is it like? Before, like since the beginning of time, I mean, they had they had Hansel, they had all their gold immunity, they had all these you know crazy. Uh, what was their names? The Reaver Hunters, which were kind of crazy back in the day and stuff like that. But they never had like their true, true identity, and it's kind of it's kind of a mixed bag. I think I think after Homecoming, we needed also some time for them to kind of like you know be the faction that focuses on orders and stuff like that and the crew abilities, and we're kind of going back and forth. But I think it's it's very hard to nail like like a full-on identity for this faction. Like for others, it's easy. And I think I think that all of them are kind of, you know, they have their distinct, let's say, feeling towards them. Like if you look at Syndicate, you know what to expect. Same goes for like Nilfgaard with all the manipulation. And, and now Spy is kind of coming back into the mix and being more viable. Monsters having consumed, vampires, uh, you know, thrive, all that stuff. So there's... And then there's Scoia'tael, which is like I think very fleshed out a specific specific faction. While for Inara, I also feel like they're kind of all over the place, mm-hmm. and I feel like they're they're losing some of this like core identity uh, in it. But I know that you know our design team more or less is trying to like figure it out, like what to do with Inar. So it's in a, in a very very solid good place. And I also remember like you know when McBeard was faction ambassador for Inar, like he he was complaining. A lot about the faction itself, and I and I totally understand them because you know there's too much. Um, there was kind of too much going on, and nothing like put in the right bag or in the right place for the faction in order to for it to to thrive. Let's say. Yeah, it it seems like there was like you could point to any of the other factions, and you know not just what what the cards do, but you get it like this yeah. feel, right? You situate yourself within the environment of what that faction is meant to represent you look at syndicate and you're like yeah syndicate crime and and money being laundered and all kinds of nonsense like everyone you point to including monsters and monsters like even at that regard it's like all right it's just big pockets of points like just massive and i mean they have like vampires that do a little bit more you know uh naughty things in that regard but like most of it is like okay death wish death wish is just punishing control to to develop points um but Northern Realms has always had this, this, you know, shifting identity of, all right, are we orders? Are we point and click? Are we like this boosty engine style, um, you know, uh, snowball effect of answer everything or, it, or it's going to get ugly kind of situation? And um, my buddy Christo made a really good observation. And mm-hmm. he mentioned – so – him and I have been playing cards for, uh, I've known him for over 30 years. We've been playing cards for over 20 years. And yeah, that's, that's uh, long. yeah we were, we met in kindergarten. We are, we are OGs. Um, wow. Kindergarten. Yeah, kindergarten. You guys go way, 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 way. We way, go way. way back. There are pictures of us at birthday parties together when we were like little bambinos. So we'll try to like dig some of those up. But he, when I say like, he's like a brother of mine, like I've known him for over 30 years. Like he is, him and I are we played cards awesome. like he's him and I, and he's always, always, always been better than me. 
always been better than me. And I am, I would argue that he's probably better than me at Gwent. I, I just play a lot more than he does. So, um, mm-hmm. all right. So that said, we used to play a game called Star Wars. You know, we talk about it all the time, but there is a an archetype. So in Star Wars, there are two factions. There's light mm-hmm. side and dark side, and they have to face off against each other. And dark mm-hmm. side was more like, like was very Nilfgaardian in the sense of lots of manipulation, lots of I'm going to mess with your stuff. And yeah. light side relied more on what was called mains and toys, which was you play all the main characters and you play all their weapons and you just beat uh-huh. the crap out of your opponent where you can. Okay. And and what Chris said is like, Crystal said that Northern Realms is like a mains and toys deck in the sense it's like, all right, th- slam in all your big boy cards, your Raffards, your, um, your duelers, and uh and like that's what it is it's just like play some really good stuff uh and and just hope that you can get through it and you know and pick and choose your times to really punish your opponent it's not a very you know get the ball rolling and get get to your destination Mm -hmm. kind of faction so i i I think that that's fine but like it never really felt like an identity yeah yeah it kind of now now that you put it that way kind of kind of makes sense like it has it has some cool unique tools but i also feel like some cards in the faction itself are just auto include for their power level and sometimes you know they they don't really need to fit like a specific shell they're just auto include because they're good and that's it right so yeah i kind of get that that's and that's fine it's just it seems like there's always a situation where like every year northern realm gets thrown in the laundry machine and you're like all right let's like iron out the wrinkles and maybe it looks better now you know but yeah it, listen it's difficult it is absolutely difficult and this is it why is hard. everyone's always like will there be a seventh faction no god no it took hearthstone like eight years to introduce the demon hunter I mean, it's 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 super difficult to to introduce like another faction to the whole thing because like if you look at the ones that we have like they themselves need still at this point a lot of balancing and a lot of like coming back to cards which are less utilized within a faction like ironing out all the uh, like identities all the archetypes that you can play within the faction so I feel like there is still a lot that can be done on that side and trying to introduce something fresh of course is fun because people like people like the initial release and injection of something new into the game if it's like new cards that's fine if it's another faction that's also nice because it's new fresh toys to play with we all like new things but you also need to bear in mind that it's much better to also go back and try to fix things up and kind of like I like I've really enjoyed personally. I'm not saying this because I'm part of, you know, the Gwen team and I'm working on the game with them. I mean, I don't work on the balance, but what I've really appreciated is us going back to cards, which arts were used once and they were not used. And then we brought them back with a new ability. Like having these 12 card packs kind of showed that, you know, you can rework cards and you can make them interesting. You can make them fun. You can add like a new aspect to them without taking and adding like a new art, a new, you know, whole campaign around it and building stuff and all that. Like, bah, you don't need that, right? You can <laughs> you can go back to the drawing board and, and redo everything and make it nice. I love that. Tip. So, ah. Yeah. Ah. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like when they when you go to a restaurant you order soup and you ask for like crushed pepper and they're like we don't have it he's like ah this deli sucks um ain't coming back here no more no more <laughs> hey so uh, if for those who are paying attention the voice of dandelion sounds familiar yeah yeah i mean 
His taunts are his taunts, uh, so the ones that he's known throughout Gwent for, but for his grunts and his laughs and uh, the funny ha-ha-ha-ha-ha, yes, I had the <laughs> opportunity to... I was actually approached by one of the audio designers uh, that also worked on one of the... like, worked with us on the esports circuit for last season, and he came to me saying, like, by the way, wouldn't you like to do some funny like grunts for Dandelion? I was like, what? Really? I'm down. Like, sign me up. Uh, they're like, because, you know, you have a high-pitched voice and Dandelion also is high-pitched, so you would work. Like, of course, they would not, like, I would, I could not do like Dijkstra or someone or like Deadlaugh, someone like, you know, has this, this dark voice. And that's where like Merchant mysterious, would, that's yeah. a Merchant voice. Yeah. That's a, that's a, it's more of a Merchant voice, so, like a mysterious character and stuff like that. Um, so that, that would not work for me. So yeah, and I got to go into the studio a couple of weeks back and the record, it's really funny because you stand in front of a microphone and you make a fool out of yourself. <laughs> You're pretty much seeing the animation oh, for the character. That's and my you, whole, that's yeah. my whole career. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're both good at that. Yes. So they signed me up and they were like, yeah, you can, you can pretty much act a fool and it will be fine. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. It got me down because I previously did him for, for Pafka, but Pafka's like, he's, he's very like, oh, yo, no, I have this bow. I'm going to shoot you. It's raining and welcome to the dark side. And then <laughs> I'm, I'm grumpy and unhappy while then the lion's kind of like, he has this flair to him where you can see he's making like funny like sounds within when you're playing the game he's making some ha, 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 like, like playing with his voice um and he he also he has this like feeling of like grandeur he's like i am here i am the great bard i am here on this battlefield so when when he's winning he's showing it when he's losing he's kind of like oh you know a little bit afraid but it's gonna be fine i got this um, so it was fun to act out those voices. And yeah, I think someone picked it up very, very quickly. I saw on my Twitter, I was like, wait, that, that voice sounds familiar. Was it you? And I was like, oh yeah, actually, actually it was. So, it may have been Tia or Lion, uh, one of the two. I think it was Tia who who mentioned, it's like, oh, by the way, the, some of these voice yeah. lines are Pavel Burja. So I was like, because yeah. I, Because I, I, uh, I did a stream actually, and I mentioned it on that stream. And I think she was on that stream since, 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 the, since the early beginning. And then she, she tweeted it out but i oh, think cool. someone before her before her uh like i think one of the community members i think his name is like michael loda yes yeah, that's, that's his uh, yeah so he's like on every every gwen related stuff you will see the guy he's from poland actually i remember like sending him some some gwen swag um i think it was last year even he's a, he's a nice dude he's yeah he's very interactive he's, yeah. and stuff like that yeah, super excited about everything, yeah. and I think he he was one of the first ones to 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 quote. At least at least that was the first uh, kind of like Twitter response I got uh, saying like, "Well, those look familiar. Is that is it actually our community manager?" I was like, "Hmm, this guy nailed it on the head." So right I was away. like, "Sense it out. I can talk about it easily," because yeah. before I was gonna I was gonna make this enigmatic post saying like, "By the way." new journey down the line i had something to do with this whoever guesses will get like something but they already guessed it before we made it a thing out of it so i'm off the hook now although although michael might come to me like hey hey, hey Burza, by the way where's my where's my swag where's my good stuff yeah you said it remember before you said it's, it's yeah. been said on the podcast so it's now gospel yeah. it's like right there exactly it's, it's, it's law exactly. 
Um, I'm going to petition for a taunt on Dandelion where, you know, like sometimes what I've noticed is that when you select jackpot as your deck and you go to like the play thing, you know, like there's usually like a little sound associated to like the deck leader or ability that you mm-hmm. select every like third or fourth time that you select jackpot it actually sounds like a casino like a, a, yeah. a slot Cha-ching! machine yeah which is i was like oh that's really cool like every third or fourth time you go to that screen where jackpots your deck it makes that noise i want something where like every 10th time you do um a, a taunt with dandelion it's you saying bye like i think <laughs> like if you like the the well played i think that would like you should oh. be like well played bye like I, that would, <laughs> I think that would be really good and that needs to be done i think that absolutely yeah players players were actually saying that would be nice if we just had like the standard hi bye or or you know like like the greetings and the and the see you i'm out of here um thanks so the bye could be like a like a like a thing oh i'm i'm all for it and uh yeah. speaking of goodbyes we have uh, a legend within the community a legend within the esports community by the name of uh, uh i believe it's damian kashmira kashmirak kashmirchak 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 aka tailbot aka tobliat aka tail god and the many 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 names that he's been called throughout what five four or five years that he's been tailpipes circuit I call him tailpipes. tailpipes. Yes, tailpipes also. Yeah. Um, he has announced that he is uh, retired. And there was a, there was some speculation of how this sort of is a barometer for the health of the game. In reality, what people need to understand is that Tailbot's been there since the beginning. Tailbot has been... I mean, Tailbot was there when he was, like, skinny and scrawny, not, like, gigantic... Uh, you know, uh, somebody who can bench press a Volvo. Like that's not, that's not, that's where he is now, but that's not where he started off. Tailbot has been basically riding the wave of competitive Gwent for like four or five years and has been relevant for four or five years. That's a long time to be grinding hundreds and hundreds and thousands of games a year to continue to, to, to go. So uh, a retirement in that regard, it's like, it's like saying, okay, well, Tom Brady retired. Does that mean the NFL is... Is on the decline? No, absolutely it's not. Over. It's yeah. dying. There's no more NFL now. No, but I, I, I always, I always enjoy like the posts. Like whenever you see a pro from any esports scene walking away, people instantly go to this. Like it's either you know, it's like polar opposites. No one ever says like, oh good he like he even said in the post like he enjoyed his time it's not about the game it's about the fact that he wants to move on and pursue different things in his life like he doesn't want to be only known for playing card games and like it's not his like end goal when it comes to what he wants to do in life but everybody's like no no oh my god gwent 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 is dying oh my god one of the best esports pros is leaving how can this actually happen it's like oh my god see this is proof and i think just people like the aspect of having some drama in their life. That's why we still get press who always like dramatic news, break, yeah. groundbreaking news, like this happened, that happened. And sometimes when you take it into perspective, you're like, okay, it happened. So it doesn't change anything, right? So why the, make such a big deal out of it? These are the people who, if you go to the, imagine like you go to the doctor and you're like, yeah, doctor, like 
I, 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 I stubbed my toe and it, it still hurts like two or three weeks later. You're going to die. You're going to exactly. die. You're dead. It's Can I have your stereo in your car because yeah. you're dead tomorrow? Like, no. Like, let's just relax. But in in we need to sort of rewind here and just understand the fact that, again, he has been not just playing the game, but at the highest level and at all the tournaments, like all the freaking tournaments for years. It's exceptionally... Yeah. Um, draining mentally, physically, the whole deal, and yeah, he wants to start. Like he's not, he's not a uh, like he's not like a, you know eighteen years old, uh, but he's also not you know in his like thirties or forties or whatever. Like he's in a prime age where you want to basically go out there, explore, and 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 you know try new things, try new things because you've yeah. already essentially conquered. Like uh, there's nobody out there right now who's going to argue and say that Tailbutt is not like one of the top five players of all time. Um, exactly. So what else can you possibly do? You've already re- reached LeBron James status, you know? And people say, well, Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. Yeah, but both of those are still, like, like top tier of the best of the best, you know? They're like, those arguments will always occur. Those debates will always re- uh, occur. But it doesn't mean that, you know, it, it degrades anything what he's done. Like, the guy wants to go out and do things. And I don't know what those things are, and I wish him well. And I am so – uh, what upsets best. me most, not just because I have to retire this amazing shirt. Look at this thing. Look at this shirt. Um, I have to retire the shirt. It's gonna go in the closet. I might actually, I might actually, uh, I want to see if I can ever, if ever we're back in Warsaw. I want to bump into him. I want him to sign it, and I want to like raffle it off for charity or do something like that. I nice. think that that would be cool. But um, awesome. yeah, it would be nice. But what what really the the main detriment i think is that his personality was what i freaking just craved to see at all tournaments was somebody who really took this not just took the spotlight but like there's there's elements of his personality that bled into his interviews but he was playing a character to a degree because i've hung out with him many times and he's not an arrogant he, uh, you know, self-centered kind of uh, that conceited person. That's not what it is. He's playing a, a character, but the confidence bleeds in, and that's he's a very confident individual. But that kind of character is it, it's lacking amidst so many of the other people. And I, I get it. Not everyone is going to have that kind of flair for the dramatic of really milking that spotlight. But he was somebody who, when he was in a tournament. I was so thrilled because you knew that you were going to get substance out of him. You knew that he was going to exactly. play into it. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned it because when he announced it on Twitter um, and he has been kind of also like one of the pillars when it comes to like the Polish community. And I'm, I'm fully aware of like what the Polish community is is doing and like what are the top streamers and what are the things they're interested in. They actually have... I actually have a Facebook group which kind of started before that as a Polish-only Discord server, which I was, like, since the early beginnings part of. Um, so from that, we move on to, to, the, to like, this, this, this Facebook group. And um, there were, like, people commenting that, um, well, sucks because, you know, I was rooting for him, although it's good because... He was like bad mouthing all the other players. Or like, and I actually, I normally don't comment on stuff like that. I'm like, I went to the comment section, um, which I think people commenting on Facebook are normally like, I try to steer away from those. It's like, <laughs> if you go to any like news uh, related oh, 
okay. website and you see the comments there uh, from people, you're like, are these actually people? Are these trolls or are they actually people that, you know, I can meet on the street? Because if, if they are, <laughs> then we're living in a very, very bad age and bad time. Yes. Yes, uh, we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just commented, you know, you know, this is like his persona. Like, this is not him in real life. I'm like, I can tell you right now, like when I when I was talking to him, he was polite. He was humble. He he's very he's not very like super outspoken. You can, I can actually say that I felt like he's a little bit shy even. But he puts on this persona just for the esports part, just to kind of show that he, he's creating this character for himself, which I really like because it brings a lot of substance to the whole like esports circuit. Because if you see Tailbot, you're expecting him to say something about his opponent, which is like, uh, which is not good. I still remember, like, I, I was laughing uh, my pants off when he did the uh, uh, interview and he was facing against uh, Pro Neo. He's like, after this one, you'll be called Noob Neo. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is so good. Yeah. And like, he did so many things in a similar fashion. Like, you know, uh, there was one was like, um, uh, Gwent, Jim, uh, and girls, and stuff like that. Yeah, so, Gwen, like, so, like, Jim, <laughs> girls. <laughs> yes. So, I guess those kind of like, you know, his most supportive mottos in life and, and stuff. But, you know, he, he like hung out with us after the esports events, um, you know, was, was always available to talk, to answer questions. Very chill, very, very nice person. So, I explained to those people that, you know, it's a, it's a persona. And I think they're like, oh, really? So, He's not like that in real life. I'm like, no, he's, you know, he's playing. Oh, really? Oh, well, well, but still, uh, don't worry, Berza. Whenever he was playing, I was, I was rooting for him because, um, you know, you know, Poland, Poland yeah. strong, go Poland. <laughs> oh, it's like, I, th I think there was one where he's in, like they asked, the question was something like, oh, how, you know, like, uh, how does it feel to play against like, it was like life coaches? It was like a big name. And he's like, who, like, who the hell is that? Ooh. You know, yeah. like. I'm like, yes. I'm like, yeah, like the, the, the game needs more uh, like heroes and villains to that degree. Now, villains, I get it. Like there's going to be people. But in the same regard, again, I always just harp back on how like, entertaining. Why do we watch wrestling when we know that it's like fake and, and scripted or whatever? It's like because there's characters that people are playing. Yeah, but those characters, personality. Like, do you actually think The Undertaker is dead and came raised from the dead? Like and, you know, no, but we get it. We like the character and like they That's play a character. So, yeah, same goes for like us watching, I don't know, movies or any type of TV shows. You watch them because you appreciate some actors that, you know, they have such a wide like plethora of uh, abilities that they can play from, you know, the cool guy, uh, you know, from across the street or in a romantic comedy to go into playing like a psychopath or uh, someone who has, you know, who, who can be, you know, the, the, the villain but can also be the good guy and can do like anything. So you enjoy that as a viewer. So you should be like, you should be also like expecting when you have esports. It's good to see like the player's personality come out, and it's it can be personality in which you have people like you know, Tailbot who is kind of you know in your face. You know something edgy always was said, and for us like creating videos for that is awesome because. Most of the like CCG players, they are either quiet, shy, 
They're super smart. They're super awesome to, to talk to. It's hard to get like emotions from them in front of a camera, but it's also like, and, and, and I think he kind of showed a little bit of emotion, but he was also calm, calculated. But when it came to like interviews, he was like, in your face, I'm gonna, I'm gonna destroy you, right? And he was like, you know, it's gonna happen. So you, you like that as a viewer, you like that, you know, that you have things to choose from in terms of the people that you will be rooting for. Even if it's like uh, based off of like their background, who they are, like if they're a streamer, you might enjoy their streams. If, you know, they do something a part of that, if they're happy all the time, if they're sad, if I don't know, if you cannot read anything from them. I mean, you have you have like Colomon, like, can you read Colomon? He's like a gentle giant who has who's always like pretty much talking in a very, very chill matter. You don't see like I see him smile like a couple of times only. Um, so I mean they're all they're all different and and they bring something more to the whole like esport experience when you're watching right yeah uh, the cold ones like the New York Yankees like it's just like perennially good uh, you know very very you know clean cut quiet get the job done celebrate yeah. when we win everything uh, anything other than first place is a failure you know so uh but for for tailbot machine. the machine like he was he's like yeah. the he's like the terminator man like he's just but then you have people like um i call him the ice man i forgot what his name is sif great wolf i think it is who's yes. just like yes like you'd think it's a, a static image of the person, but it's a live webcam, and he's just like he's like it's posing for a passport photo the entire time, and <laughs> but like there's these kinds of characters, and like they're they're great, you know, and some of them play into it, some of them don't. I get it, but it's par partially because I have the sick fantasy that in my mind it's like everything should be like a gigantic awesome spectacle of people and narratives and whatever. But that's just exciting to me, and and you know I I get it, but. Um, you're right. Tailbot is privately, uh, you know, humble and and very yeah. kind and very, you know, he's not the same character. And the what I love about him is that when we're at these events in Warsaw and he's there and like on the nights off where we're like playing board games, he won't say much. But everything he says is a like 10 on 10 hilarious witty remark. And I'm yeah. just like, this guy's awesome. Like when I first yeah. met him, I was like, this guy's awesome i want to be his friend and i was like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna be his friend whether he likes it or not too bad like yeah. I, I was the dandelion to his <laughs> to his Geralt. his Geralt. <laughs> um one last thing i want to say about him because i love him very much is when i was in the hospital he tweeted out a photo of me wearing this shirt but it was it wasn't me wearing the shirt it was him wearing a shirt of me wearing the shirt. So it was like yes. this like inception thing. And that really meant a lot to me because he didn't have to do that. He had, he, he made, he got the shirt made and then tweeted a photo and like wished me well and gave me strength and whatever. And that was enormous for me because this is somebody whom I, you know, I, I respect as a person and as a player, but ultimately as a friend, like that really meant a lot to me. Yeah. So that is one of the, that is my uh, personal little gem that I'm going to take from you know the the tailbot experience that we had for for several years but honestly it, it's hard to say that the game uh, you know the game the game the the competitive landscape is is wounded by this because he was a superstar a hall of famer if there was ever a hall of fame exactly yeah for for sure in the Gwent hall of fame there's there's always room for for tailbot and fully deserved and also since you mentioned that i think it also shows 
the community that we have in Gwent that where where you know you guys knew each other from 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 the esports circuit, but not also from that but because you both have been streaming the game. He's also he also went into streaming for for some you know short amount of time uh, while remaining competitive and you know playing uh, in a super high level and and you know that itself like. The, the commitment to that is, is a lot and also add streaming to that there's there's there was a lot going on but more and more he was part of the community he joined a couple uh like Gwen teams and stuff like that so yeah it just shows that you know everybody kind of is is, is taking this in a way like oh he will be missed but you know he did a lot of awesome stuff for Gwent he did a lot of awesome stuff for the community and feels like you know he's he's he will remain part of the family like moving on it's like it's like we talked about merchant in the beginning like he might not be part of Gwent right now but still like when we think about him and what he brought to the table like he will be always part of Gwent's history and a part of this community so if he ever decides to i don't know come back or whatever, same goes for Tailbot or anyone else, like everybody will welcome him back with open hands. And they'll be like, remember this guy? Well, this guy was the best, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. All right, it's uh, time for one of our favorite segments here on the show. It's called the Shinmiri. We can't lose. Oh, fuck. Prediction of the week. Now, last week's prediction, I don't even remember because I think they were. Me neither. Uh, all we I should, can say. We should, we should look at it and note those down. I know. We definitely should because I'm, I'm, I'm going to write it down right now as we do this because <laughs> um, it didn't happen because uh, I think I would have known if it happened or I would have uh, caught on to it. But I do have a Shinmiri prediction of the week and it actually ties into this. And I think that there's going to be somebody out there. And I hope that this doesn't actually influence someone doing it but somebody out there is going to um is going to argue or there's going to be some sort not movement necessarily but someone's going to try to make a push to say that tailbot is actually not a great player ultimately when in reality now if you go to my now completely festering and stagnant youtube channel uh which i don't really do anything on but i did used to do top five videos gwent related and one of them that Mm -hmm. i did was top five uh cash earners in competitive gwent and um tailbot was up there tailbot was absolutely up there um i think he was like number three or something like that or number two number one was colomone because he just Mm -hmm. dominates for so long but um terminator somebody's gonna argue that tailbot wasn't that great of a player despite the fact that he was i think that is gonna be my shinmiri we can't lose prediction of the week well my prediction for sure is that we're gonna see uh another meta breaker deck uh we're gonna see like a, a ton of meta breaker decks you know, Ugh. 100% win ratio because it's new meta time. It's new meta time. We'll we will get to get that stuff, and um, there probably I don't know if there will be some. For sure, there'll be a little bit of complaining about oh, you know, we could we could there, there could be maybe a little bit more changes done here, or maybe a little bit more there. What's CDPR thinking? And you know, but that's like that's the standard issue stuff. I don't but, think there's, um, there's yeah. nothing out there that you know rattles my my cage more than people with their labeling decks as meta breakers <laughs> or okay here's a little hint for the entire community if there is a youtube video and the title of the youtube video on the thumbnail is a question like is this the greatest deck ever question mark the answer is no i'm not gonna like it I'm not I'm not here to mislead or or discourage people from being creative. But bush league clickbait garbage like that, friends, don't fall for it. If the if the 
video is posing a question, the answer is probably not what you think it is. It's probably gonna be, no, it's not. It's just a good deck right now, today. Yeah, but it went 10 and 0. Yeah, and tomorrow it's gonna suck, friends. Like, exactly. it's, fr like exactly. that. this is something that I, I really, and the worst one, the worst offender that is climbing my, my, uh, crappy power rankings of of bush legitis is calling a deck a meta breaker especially when the when the things have but there's changed no meta. <laughs> what the hell are you thinking about like what what meta are you breaking and don't do that and the other thing is is don't say that your deck has a hundred percent win rate when it went from rank 12 to 11 and went like four and oh like nobody's impressed yeah. that's not unbelievable but you know you know uh Clickbait is the way to go. It's a it's a way to go on, on on YouTube. It's a way to go when you get ads like, oh my God, this person figured out the best uh, solution for you know best looking skin. Find out more, click here, and people are like, oh my God, I've been uh, suffering from acne and stuff like that. I need to click that, and you click that, and then it's spam. So pretty much, it's just it's just clickbait and spam. And sometimes I hate like I hate these clickbait titles, and then you like watch the video is like. Well, I didn't learn anything more. There's, there's, I can tell you, there's like a shit ton of those for um, cycling, running, like best running shoes, question mark. And then you watch the video. <laughs> I mean, and then the opinion is like, well, they, they compare it to everything else. They're not faster than this. So it's like you, you just lost 15 minutes of a person talking about shoes or to uh, some specific bike part or something like that. While you know, it's like, you, you know pretty much the answer like going into the video in the you, beginning. You know who's gonna hate us for this is uh, is Mark Theus because Mark Theus is gonna, like when he produces the show, he listens to it the whole way through. And he's always like, you have to understand that there's an algorithm. There's there's like, like there's he's the brains behind it. Like he's he's gone and had like, intelligent conversations with people who have broken down the algorithm, the YouTube and all this in order to sort of, you know, um, to maximize your exposure and whatever. He knows all this stuff. And part of it is, yeah, is part of it is like flashy gripping yeah. hooks like those. Exactly. So he's going to be like, we're still doing it. So there's a good chance that this thumbnail for this video is, <laughs> is going to be exactly what I'm saying is, but it's yeah, necessary, but I get also it. It reminds me that I need to send you like more photos of yes. me because the thing about YouTube thumbnails, like you need to have like people, <gasps> yeah, like, you know, what is like, <gasps> you have to have specy like, face. This, this is like amazing stuff. Like expect you see emotions from the picture. But yeah, like you said, I mean, there are algorithms for everything. Same goes for like Instagram and all the hashtags, like, Hashtag cute boy, hashtag fitness, hashtag like whatever. And <laughs> you, a million hashtags that don't even like, sometimes sometimes people just add hashtags because they're the most popular ones or they add the, mo the, like, the most popular tags even if they don't really like have anything <laughs> to do with the video because they're currently trending. Yeah, and we're, we're gonna have hashtag just, Kanye yeah. on this one. <laughs> <laughs> just to get on the bandwagon, right? Ah, uh, boy. I will give uh, credit to uh, Spessy because I did used to completely rake him over the coals about this kind of stuff because he used to have like this face on all of his thumbnails where it looked like he was, it looked like he just saw a, a, a dog land a plane. Like that's like, <laughs> that's like the level of impress. Like when, when in reality, it's like, no, you, you, you played Roach twice. Like that's not the same that's thing. It. You know, that's it's, it. not, it's not the craziest. But, but he, yeah, I mean, that brings your attention. That brings your attention. I mean, if if you see the same type of thumbnail with the same type of image all the time, you're more 
likely to to go towards that. Like even when we were doing Twig back in the day, when we did it in the studio, we played around with some possibilities of, of up, upgrading the thumbnails with me doing stupid faces on them because we knew that once we do that, they're more clickable because people are wanna wanna find out like, what's this guy laughing about? I was like, why is he making this stupid face? Like, yeah. what's inside the video? And it gets your curiosity. And people are, you know, we're creatures of kind of like we need to like understand like what's going on there. So they would, they're more incentivized to click on that. And and that's how marketing works. Right? It does. And we're I'm not smart enough to understand it. I just know that uh, if you use the term meta breaker on something, I immediately like I'll unfollow you and not click on it. Uh, but yeah, you could probably tell now that Mark is going to be like, oh, we're going to make the dumbest, most ugly face uh, thumbnail for this video. And I'm all for it. All right. It's that time, friends. So uh, bust out the uh, the reheated bigos because it's time for the Babcia Marysia Polish word of the week. And this time, again, uh, supplied by my mother. My my grandmother, Ooh. my grandmother, yeah, my, my Babcia has long since passed. She's been passed away for many, many years. Uh, so it's all from memory and the, these fond memories I have. But I usually dive into my mother's memories and she send me some words now and then. And this one was, oh, Holinder, oh, Holinder. <laughs> so I need some uh, explanation for Holinder. Now, again, it's a, little, a little context here. Uh, it was, uh, let's see, some, some, uh, some context would be, okay, it's, uh, it's Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve, which is, I think, usually when, uh, po like, Polish celebrate Christmas Eve. Um, mm -hmm. my grandmother is cooking up a storm. You got the pierogi, the fish, the this, the that, whatever. Uh, the family's showing up, and every family member that comes in is bringing more food, and she sees it, and she's like, there's no room on the table. She's, oh, holy, oh, my, and, like, that's kind of, that's a little bit of the, the context. Yeah. So, I would, like... Holinder is like even it's like because when we you know you know there's there was this uh, like sickness back in the, back in the day called like cholera right okay uh, so cholera when you say cholera in Polish you're like oh crap it's like pretty much to that to that thing thing and when you you can tone it down and say ocholender which is like it's it's very it's not because Holland are also people from the Netherlands, so it's like Hollander, which I don't know why, but it, we just say it. Oh, Hollander is like, oh, oh, snap. So it's like, you <laughs> go from oh, shit to oh, snap almost. And then from that, Hollander is making it like, you know, trying to make it even less like, so it's it's not, so it's, you feel like Cholera or Hollander might be a little bit like there's too much force and pressure on it. So you try to make it even more bland so you can turn it to Hollander in this case. So that's like making it like very, very subtle. Like that's what a grandma would say. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. OK. All right. Delicious. Delicious. Oh, Thank you so much for that, friends. Uh, that does it for the main segment. We do have the mailbag and um, still no sponsors. Can you believe this? Us, of all people, not getting any kind of spot, not even a G Fuel shout out or any of that nonsense. Like, what? Can still you nothing? No, and we've been liking and subscribing to all this, but you still can't even use like Fleurs of Five to go get 5% off a giant yeah. tub of like, uh, uh, like, chemical Gatorade or whatever the hell G Fuel is. <laughs> I, we're never getting a G Fuel sponsorship. Now. I don't know what G Fuel is, but I know that a lot of people have it like on their uh, streams and stuff. And I'm just like, yeah. what? 
Like it's just what is it? It's like it's. Cool. I, I I still do I still do a lot of sports. So if someone if if you're a sports company and you're wondering like is this this the way to go? Like you know uh, I do a lot of cycling, running, marathons on a yearly basis. So I mean hit us up. Like we're we're happy to collaborate. Like what about the restaurant thing? Did you did you like? Did you uh, get on that or no? Oh, uh, blue jeans. Uh, so yes. I, I have not reached out yet because my um, my my aunt, which uh, who is most in touch with that that person with uh, my my cousin, uh, is on vacation. So I'm not. I don't want to bother. But uh, I think that I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. I'm at least gonna get the address. So we are like and some sort of. I I should reach out and I just should just say like. Give us a give us like a thirty second ad, and we'll we'll throw it on here because it, it it's a nice yeah. little break apart. Plus, it's a all part of the family. If you're in Poland, go check out Blue Jeans. I don't know where it is. I don't know if I don't even know if it's called Blue Jeans. I have a yeah. a PDF of a menu, so that's all Ooh, I got. Nice. Yeah, was, uh, yeah. Just just let let them know that you know Flake and, and Busha sent you, and uh, you know maybe yeah. maybe something will come out of it. Remember, like who the hell is that? Just say uh, Mateusz from from Montreal, even. I don't Montreal, live there anymore. Yes. Yeah. Mateusz from Montreal. You know Mateusz from Montreal? Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, you'll yeah. easy. A uh, f- uh, free plate of uh, poutine or something, uh, yeah. Polish poutine. All right. F- fun fact. Wait, wait, wait. Fun fact. I had, a, I had a cheese Danish yesterday and I was thinking about you while eating it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we got to do is just you and I, when, when I finally go yeah. back there, it's we're just going to go on like a pastry tour. It's going to be, yes. you know. And we'll document it. I think that's good. We should do like a... a for the pastry. Oh, there should be like a, a special like onlooking, like a, a flake and, and burza go like on a on a pastry excursion. And we just go to different little bakeries and we That'd critique awesome. critique like they're... Mm, it's happening. Dude, I have, I have a lot of good gems in Warsaw when it comes to, to, to good bakeries. So yeah, we could totally do that. All right, so the sponsor that we need now is like an airline company. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that does it for the first segment. We'll be right back with the mailbag. Hang tight. All right, we are back with the mailbag. And first question of the day is from phantom mag uh you might know this person from the Gwen community and also from all the streams awesome awesome very wholesome person uh question for today that was sent over through reddit is hello flake and burza aka burka burka flurza burka i don't know works my question yeah (laughs) my question is what's your biggest fear you start that's a that's a well I mean tough one yeah there's like there's two main ones the first one and um, the first one is uh, heights I get paralyzed by heights uh, flying like flying around even though I worked for an airline for many many years um, that took some time to actually get over planes now I'm okay mm-hmm. with because I got an education on planes in terms of like this is what it can actually withstand. And I was like, okay, that makes me feel a lot better. Like basically it's like, it's scientifically meant to stay in the air. I was like, okay, that makes exactly. sense. Um, in terms of fears, like heights for me is a huge one. And I remember because I was uh, I was the quote unquote best man at the wedding of Alias V and her husband here in Toronto. Uh, I was, there was only two people there at the wedding and it was, and after they got married in this like little tiny sort of like ceremony we went to the cn tower which is like the highest point Ooh. one of the highest structures in north america and we went to the top 
and holy Moses was I <sighs> crapping my pants though. But it was their wedding, and I was like, I can't say no. Like we're going. Yeah. Um, also going to the Grand Canyon was one hell of an excursion because there's no railings at the Grand Canyon. Yes. There's nothing. It's just okay. And the amount of idiots I saw at the edge with their like selfie sticks like this, I was like, you freaking, I could not get within yeah. probably 20 yards of the edge. And eventually there was a special area that you can go through where, um, you had to like walk past like these very narrow areas where you can go and then climb up a little bit of a hill to get like a, a little bit. It must have been like maybe 30 or 40 yards higher than everything else, but you can stand on top of it and see everything. And But to get there, you have to go through these, which to me looked like they were two inches wide, but in reality, they're like Ooh. 10 feet wide. But you have to walk through them, and I was like, on either side of you is imminent death. And I it, yeah. it took at least an hour for me to be able to approach the edge. So heights is a big one. The other one that worries me, um, that I, I is is in, I use it more so as motivation, is that I I worry that my impact on the people that I know will be forgotten after I'm gone. And I know this is a little bit more of like a mental or existential thing, but like I always fear that after I'm gone, or if I've ever I'm away, or if I'm gone, I am just forgotten and I have no impact on the lives of other people. And that to me. It worries me because I I don't plan on having kids, and usually that's the legacy a lot of people will leave is their children and what they teach. But I don't have that, so for me, I I worry that after things I don't I don't just want to retire on a couch, watch TV, and then nobody has I have no I have not influenced anyone else positively, yeah. or I have not that to me is a big fear that I have not left a positive influence um, after I'm gone. That that must put a lot of pressure on you, though. Like, you know, you're you're kind of putting pressure on yourself in order to deliver a lot of things or do a lot of things just to kind of it it leave does something behind it does, and right? that's partially why I was streaming so much or forcing myself to stream so much was because if mm -hmm. part of it was if I'm not streaming, I'm irrelevant. But I know I'm not irrelevant, and I've paid my dues and I've worked hard and I continue to work hard. To exactly. be, and that, and but I've come to terms with that, and I I knew the the damage that streaming was doing to my mental, like to my mental health. So I mm -hmm. I got rid of it, and I feel so much better now. And will I ever go back to streaming? That's completely possible. But to me, I I would get up and I would put myself in front of the camera for four hours because I figured if I'm not streaming no one's going to remember me and no one's going to care. But I understand that that's, that's an irrational fear and you yeah. can have impacts, but that, yeah, that's, that's, that was part of it. I think, I think the thought itself of, and, and the pressure that you're putting on yourself with that is, is like the biggest driving factor of how you're feeling. Because if you wake up, like I've, I've noticed this also, but from a, from a different perspective, like I, when I was starting to like train a lot, when it came to like running, cycling and stuff like that, I would put a lot of pressure on myself when it comes to like waking up super early, like getting things done and, and getting like into a routine where I would get into days where I woke up and I was kind of like, oh, I'm not feeling it. And I kind of stopped putting that pressure on myself. It's like, if you wake up and you don't feel like it, it might come to you midday, end of day, and you will still do it. But if you put your, the pressure on yourself that you need to do it, you need to do it now, you need to like wake up, sit, stream for four hours, like you were saying in your case, that kind of itself is like tearing you down because you feel like it is, you're attaching this like, you know, 
this anchor to yourself that is just pulling and pulling and pulling you down. Mm-hmm. But if you if you if you do it, and and I kind of get it because streaming kind of, you know, you are obliged kind of to the people who are watching you and to uh, your community and to yourself, and you're building that. Then you know you're forced to do it. But if you do it like you, you you might you know wake up one day or you might be I don't know sitting around and you're like oh I'm bored maybe I'll just stream for a couple of hours that's 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 healthy that's cool and it occupies you in a good way and that's kind of the way to go instead of just like forcing yourself in order to oh I have to do it I have to do it but I think like looking at the amount of stuff that you already did and the amount of like communities that you're part of and all the stuff that you're 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 doing as like a persona who is out there you know, in the media space, let's say, and on Twitter, you are an influencer. So you are leaving a lot of stuff behind, which is like that people will know you for. So I don't think because I think we also like get into this mindset like, okay, I want to, you know, do a lot of things, leave something behind while we ourselves are like unique people in some way and whatever we do, whatever we create, whatever we do on a daily basis, the jobs that we have, we always kind of leave something behind, right? It's not yeah. that, you know, we're just existing and not doing anything. But I also get like, when you when you get old and when you don't wanna be the person that's, you know, sitting in front of the TV saying like, shit, I didn't do much with my life, right? <laughs> I didn't do anything. What the hell did I do? <laughs> you know, like at the end of the day, uh, it's, 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 it's one of those things where uh, that was a significant fear and concern of mine for a long time, which was, um, I wasn't even sure, um, you know, when season three of Gwent Masters rolled around, if I would have been brought back. And like, I sometimes I don't. Well, I mean, I don't say it's an irrational fear. Don't sell sell yourself short. No, (laughs) but but this is these are some of the concerns that you have where it's like, okay, uh, you know, I mean, like, I'm not a I'm not a like what a lot of people don't understand is like, I'm not a CDPR employee. I'm an independent contracted broadcaster that whenever there's a tournament it's it's tournament to tournament that i am hired i'm not i'm not on a roster i'm not on a payroll that's not how it works so there's never a guarantee that i'll be back because i could go out there um at the next at gwent open one season four uh make a fool of myself and vlad might say you know what it's not working out we're gonna go a different route, and uh, if Vlad ever told him, I'll be like, "No, you if you if you're cutting my buddy flake, I'm not. I'll quit." <laughs> That's the loyalty I want to see. You take me and him, and you can throw us exactly. both out, and then it's gonna be you and I at, uh, outside, working at a pastry shop because because <laughs> Vlad will be like two birds, one stone. Dude, That's dude, efficiency. Dude, we just we just we just we just uh, hired Dominica for making pastries. Like she's 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 the bomb at those. So so yeah, shout outs to her, my wife. Uh, she's gonna make the pastries we're gonna just fool around and play cards and we're gonna do card game shop and pastries in one best place ever or we can do like a a food truck and like drive around the fleurs of food truck and we just go around and it's like pierogi bigos pastries gowomki everything gowomki all you can eat oh boy uh yeah so that's uh did you, your biggest fear is uh my my biggest fear is heights like you um super afraid of heights um put me in any high building where i need to walk close to an edge and look down i'm i'm out i'm out like uh grand canyon i've been there as a kid 
as a kid, I don't think I developed it that much because I wasn't super afraid of heights. But even now, when I got older, like going up a ladder, just too many steps up, freaked out. Like my like my my legs start shaking and stuff like that. Although I know I'm super stable, like I'm this ladder is stable as hell. And it's something that I've been trying to kind of, you know, like get through and conquer, but it's 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 difficult. There was and it's weird because it's something that you can't really control in any way, right? Well, no, it's it's ingrained in you. When I yeah. moved here to Toronto, the first place uh, building I moved into, I was on the top floor, and it took me a few months before I went on my balcony. And yeah. the balcony overlooked, like, I could see, like, Lake Ontario, which is, like, a massive lake. It's, like, an ocean, practically. So, you, like, you have a beautiful view. Um, yeah, there are there are certain places where I cannot be close to that kind of edge. As safe as it is, it's just not, not for me. I, yeah. So, our pastry shop will be on the ground floor. That's basically Exactly. One thing that I've been kind of kind of afraid is like if I ever become like super old, will I still be able to like ride my bike at least as an as an old person to you know go from point A to B? Because uh, I I wouldn't want to lose that part. I mean, running of course is taxing on the body and stuff like that, but it would be nice to to ride my bike as as, as long as possible at least till you know. I'm out and I punched the ticket and, and I'm, I'm out of this world. Like I've never been afraid of like like death and stuff like that. So that's those are not like big fears, but heights and not being able to ride my bike in the future are things that I kind of I'm afraid. And also I'm always kind of kind of afraid for for like, you know, family members and stuff like that. So so that everybody's okay. You know, if, if someone gets, you know, sick, then, then you know, it's something that is kind of that I as a person, I, I kind of, I feel like I get through it. I might not even show the emotions. It might be like bottled up inside, but it is something that, that is there. So, so yeah, that's, that's a, I mean, that's a good one. Um, yeah. we'll hold hands when we're going up the stairs. Uh, exactly. All right. This next one is from, uh, at Serene Shireen on Twitter asking, uh, very excited for 10.2. Lots of fun changes in the patch notes. Yay. Do you, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you have a favorite card interaction, either current or past Gwent? Maybe a combo you love to pull off or the perfect answer to your opponent's win condition. Uh, I have an answer for this, but you can go first. For me, it's just Scorch. Pulling the perfect Scorch. Something that always felt satisfying. Um, I, I wish it would, I mean, the restrictions that are now on Scorch, I was playing yesterday with a deck that had Scorch in it, like Control Squid Tail deck. I don't really like the restrictions now on Scorch. I would like Scorch to do whatever it wants and destroy just the highest unit, doesn't matter, or the highest units without any, like, uh, you know, you cannot if you did an order or something like that. So me, uh, I, I'm not a big fan of that. But um, yeah, I think I think that's, that's one thing. And I always like cards which tutor other cards and it doesn't matter which faction they are from. I just love the, the effect of tutoring for stuff. So that's, 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 those are my two things. I love it. Um, fascinating thing. I was actually um, uh, chatting with some people. Uh, I, have a, I, have a, I have a big Flesh and Blood tournament this weekend, so I was like practicing with a lot of like really good players, and we we're just discussing, and a lot of them are like ex-Magic pros, and uh, we were discussing tutoring, and because the, there was a new card that was printed that tutors a card, and I was just mentioning, I'm like, oh, how much of this is like legit lexicon uh, in card games now, such as the word tutor or mill or stuff like that, because a lot of these originate from magic terms, right? Like yes. mill, mill is exactly. from millstone, tutor is from demonic yes. tutor. Uh, exactly. And it's cool because we're discussing um, 
myself and and a gentleman named Tan and Grace, who's also a caster, were discussing like what's fine to say at a flesh and blood tournament, even though it's a magic term. And I said, I think we're discussing like you know tutor mill things like that, and we're like, no, I think these are just. They've just been adopted. CCG, right? Term, terminology. Like CCG term, terminology that's been kind of assimilated into the language when you're talking about any type of card yeah. game. Like the effect itself is a tutor effect. Of like the, the, mill, the effect of milling your opponent's deck will be mill on any 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 card game that you play yes. because card games like they 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 borrow like they they copy each other's notes. It, Duh. Basically, you gotta you gotta go back to the source material, which for a lot of people was uh, magic. Um, yeah. One of my favorite interactions. I mean, there's so many that I can think about, but one of the the clutch ones that I was very proud of for a while that I think a, a couple people might have adopted for a bit. But when um, hyper thin um, Colgrim was uh, very very prevalent, like clog yeah. and whatever. Um, one of the cards that I teched into my Squirtel deck was Incinerating Trap. And it was like a five-provision card. And people are like, well, they're going to put the Defender down, and how do you deal with it if you don't have, um, you know, not Igni, but, like, if you don't have a Geralt, like, Irden or Igni, like, how do you kill the Colgrim? And then they're mm-hmm. going to they're gonna basically play uh, Letho, so they're going to put him on two rows, so you can't even punish both rows. And I was like, easy. You just play Incinerating Trap, because you know when they're playing Colgrim. You just drop an Incinerating Trap, and then it kills the Colgrim. It's five exactly. provisions. It could be behind 19 defenders if it wants to. It's still going to die. And I would do that in, in a Scoia'tael list, because usually I would just get outpointed by the Colgrim into Letho, and it's all good. But I'm like, all right, just put it an incinerating trap and they're screwed in the same vein as some people would counter it by playing um a, a non-crate longship to kill the colgrim the thing about it is that on crate longship for some is uh people would try to wait to kill it if you're playing it but i was playing squatel like how do you do it you don't have a, a long ship so you play an incinerating yeah. trap so that was one of the things that i was very proud of was for that like that period of two or three days i was punishing a lot of colgrim players because I would just drop a five provision trap as my like as when they had two cards in hand, and I was like, "All right, yeah. like enjoy." It's like you're yeah. and they and you and you made a video saying that you figured out the meta, yeah. And this is this is this is the one card that will change yeah. how you play exactly. It will defeat any Colgrim deck one hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> my face was just this giant O face. Looks like, like it looked like people were gonna th- like throw hot dogs in my mouth. Like it was a whole thing. Um, that's my favorite interaction for sure. Nice, nice, awesome. Next question, then, right? Uh, yeah, let's do it. By GL260 on Reddit, uh, three questions. Uh, I'll read out all of them so we can kind of maybe try to put this. No, actually, we'll go one by one. What are some forgotten archetypes? or archetype or archetypes <laughs> from the different factions you are you hoping to see cdpr come back to and bring new life to uh we've just i discussed this with shinmiri on the show this is a very very common question first of all i will once again put out the flyer out there and say don't ask us about premium tokens because we get that every week don't ask us about Yay. card about card balance and if you ask those questions i literally just answer nonsense on the reddit and it, it like don't waste your breath because we don't know and i mean i don't want to say we don't care but uh we don't care so um <laughs> when it comes to forgotten archetypes i discussed this with shinmiri uh in a previous episode so i'm gonna just bring it back i think that reveal 
but not as reveal was, which was uh-huh. re- flip cards over. I wanted, yeah. and I actually released a video about a year ago uh, outlining my ideas for what a reveal archetype can look like, and I designed a few cards surrounding it. So if you want to go mess around on my YouTube, you could probably find that video. But it was mm-hmm. stuff along the lines of cards that were like um, a bronze card that was like boost self by the number of gold cards in your opponent's hand. So it's like, it's not reveal, but it's information. I think that reveal could have been something called like espionage or something like that. So there was something like, like to that degree. And then there was a card where it's like a gold card. That's like boost self by the highest, by the provision cost of the highest provision card in your opponent's hand. So you're like, okay, they have a 12 provision card in their hand. Perfect. You know, um, you know, so you can kind of deduce what is coming around the pipe in those regards. Um, uh, that's, that's a cool effect. Yeah, and I, I came up with five cards. Like I think I came up with like three golds and two bronzes uh, in that regard to sort of flush out something where if you were paying attention, you mm-hmm. would know what the cards are without flipping them over. And yeah. I, I thought that that was a, an interesting way to kind of rebalance and reintroduce without the the fallback and the pitfalls of knowing precisely what somebody is holding. Yeah. That's that's a that's a good one. I will talk to uh, Vlad and Malijan. <laughs> for me, I would I would I would kind of echo what the community is saying. I would bring back dwarves in some way, but as an archetype, like a viable archetype. But I don't know in what way. Like I, for sure, I wouldn't want them to go back to their old ways when they would be resilient for you know staying on the board for three rounds and where you pump one up to like 50 to 70 power and you keep it there because that's that wasn't a great interaction but i would like dwarves as an archetype to have its own thing and become you know to become a thing like i mean there are still some good like dwarf cards um but i feel like overall it's you can't really build a competitive good archetype around them and hopefully we'll do that in the the future but yeah i think there were also people asking about this um just before we we dropped the patch notes or after we dropped the patch notes and i even tagged like maligian 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 i'll call him molagion how about that yeah, Malijan and uh, Sean and like, you know, I because it's something that I've been also like talking to them and also probably a buff for Pofco in the, in the near future is also something that I mentioned on a weekly basis. Um, but yeah, like it would be really, really nice for them as an archetype to to emerge and actually be be good and competitive. So that's 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 for sure. I like it. Um, when is the mixtape coming out? I assume that uh, people, that's the question is what mixtape precisely. Um, I have always tried to organize a karaoke night when we're in Warsaw and it always falls apart because no one takes me seriously. There's usually 10 people. Nobody likes karaoke probably. Well, screw them. Uh, <laughs> you have never seen Flake when it comes to busting out like a Blackstreet song or like, but you know, a little, a little. For some reason, I can knock it out of the park when it comes to R and B. For some weird reason, '90s hip hop and R and B, I can, I can, I can hold my own. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I've been told I can. I'm a pretty decent singer. I just don't do it because there's never opportunity, and I cherish the relationship i have with my neighbors which is uh, stay quiet and put up with my nonsense you know so um mixtape i suppose like when we're there we could probably record something kind of cool um yeah a little gwent i have i have i have have, uh speaking of gwent rap 2.0 i have like four 
different like lyrics for songs that were you know that I had help with with our creative writing team our our creative writing marketing team that they helped me out with like four different lyrics depending on on separate beats but I I'm just trying to get a beat but all the guys that are composers within our company they're busy with imported game related stuff and they don't have time for me so <laughs> we can't really and then we have to go to the studio and record it and we're working from home so it's always a hassle and if we go to the studio we go because there's like important stuff to do there related either to a tournament or some paperwork stuff like that so it's something that is being kind of put off all the time so hopefully i can make you know 2.0 come back it would be it would be nice because everybody everybody still like whenever we're talking amongst like the community team here or like Gwen team, someone will bring up the, the rap from like, oh, have you seen this? Especially when new people show, have you seen this? And I was like, oh my God, please don't show people that. Um, but it's, 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 it's something that has, has embedded itself within the Gwen community. I'm going to come visit in the spring and what I'm uh, sorry, in the fall. And what I need you to do is I need you to get, uh, I need you to learn like maybe like four chords on a, on like a keyboard or something like Ooh, that. Nice. And, um, I'll bring my guitar and we'll, we'll rock out. We'll do a little, a little vignette if it were, I think that's fine. Nice. So when nice. is the mixtape coming out? 2022, uh, possibly oh, wow. 2023. We'll say 2023 to be that's, safe. That's, that's, that's bold. Yeah. 2023 <laughs> is doable. 2022. We'll see. Like it's on my list. Like it needs to happen. It's going to happen. Uh, there's we'll... so many side projects and so many projects on back burners that, you know, it's, it's, it's going to get its time to shine for sure. Yeah. The priority on this is like ultra low, but, um, yeah, but the anticipation is ultra high. So it balances out. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, last question from GL260. Uh, and when will you guys do guests? Will we ever do guests on the Florissa podcast? That's the question. Flake, what do you think? <sighs> It's fascinating because it's not that kind of show. There's so there's so many other shows out there that do interviews and 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 justifiably. So. <clears throat> there you go. Precisely this week in Glenn, shameless plug. Shameless plug to uh, you don't need to shameless plug. It's like it's you're part of the company. It's a company. It's a company like <laughs> initiative, right? Like Twig is not some yeah. random like you know. It's not a mixtape. <laughs> so um, I mean, with the with the format that I'm doing right now from home. Uh, like through my Twitch channel, like people could think that, you know, how oh, Abusha's doing it through his channel to get viewers on it. And he's kind of, you know, trying to make a profit out of it. No, it doesn't, you know, it's like what? It's like what? 200, 300 people watching. It's like, it's, it's like, like thousands are, are, are coming in. Unless we get, unless we maybe get somewhere in the future, like a, you know, high stakes guest and stuff like that. Maybe that will happen one day. Who knows? But um, yeah, I don't think this is the format for, for guests. Although, I, I kind of see sometimes when you have like um, podcasts which focused on on two people pretty much talking about different subjects connected to their interest or whatever, they from time to time introduce like like a guest specialist coming in to talk about something. So maybe we'll have our um, you know guest advisor when it comes. Although although we actually do we we have. We have uh, data from 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 guests coming in for the Dagon report, right? So oh. it's kind of like, you know, well, we, we don't should... have like on air guests, right? What we should do, man, is now that Tailbot's retired, he should come in as like a uh, have like a, a five minute segment expert analysis uh, segment kind of thing. Yeah. Or he maybe we'll just get him to do the Dagon report where he comes in, he's yeah. like, "It's not happening, you idiots! Stop it! It's yes. not happening." Yeah. It's like, oh, 
All right. Uh, so just have just have him recorded like zero percent. Yeah, zero percent. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, same percentage of me losing tournament. Zero percent. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so Easy. to answer your question, when will we ever do guests? Uh, it's possible. Nothing's impossible, but uh, we're still waiting for Henry Cavill to get back to us. Uh, and then uh, when, when he gets back, he'll he's our first guest if when we have a guest. But um, he does, just doesn't reply to uh, our emails, unfortunately. Yeah. He, all right. Um, next question from... Jousor, I'm sorry. I, it's there's so many accents and letters that I've never seen in my life here, but I'll do my uh-huh. best. Uh, nonetheless, An awesome beard guy. Yes, awesome beard guy. A wonderful human being who, if I'm not mistaken, met their partner through Gwent. Amen. So that's always good. Uh, when I'm li- this is a, a really great comment. First of all, um, when I'm listening to you guys, it's almost like I'm hearing a riveting conversation between two friends sitting at the bar. In reality, Pavel and I are friends. I mean, we live really far apart, and um, but we're long lost brothers, like you say always. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the fact that we haven't been friends for long doesn't necessarily diminish the quality of our friendship. It is exactly. a s- steadfast bond between us. We have both poured our heart and soul into these rings that were forged in Mordor and now our souls are interconnected. Um, let's see. Who's your favorite director and how does it affect your life and work? Now, I don't know if, if he means director like from a film perspective or are you talking about game director like Slama or or uh, Vlad, where in which case I will say uh, it used to be Slama and now it's Vlad. That's what I'll say. Ooh. No, I don't know. Ooh. I'm just saying whoever's the director at the time and whoever hires me for these events, that's my favorite, not just my favorite director, my favorite human being of all time is whoever's the one who hires me for their events. Wow. But I mean director. I, I I don't know if you if you mean um, film director, but uh, you you take the first stab at this, and I'll just follow your lead. Uh, film director, Jesus. Jesus, uh, I mean Tar- Jesus oh, would no. be a pretty good film director. Uh, no, I'll, I'll say I'll say Tarantino. Easy. Tarantino's good. I've never I really been him. a fan of his until I saw what's the the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, really? Well, I, I, I've watched, like, I think all of his movies, and, and I love every single one of them. And I think, I mean, he, he does it in such a, such a good way when he mixes a lot of, a lot of like, key themes that he's really into. And, and, I, and I always like the, the, the bloodshed of the blood fountains coming out of all the, all the things. And he, he also, like, it needs to be grimy it needs to have like very good I, I love him for the dialogues in all of his movies so the dialogues are good um he does like very strong characters and i, I think he builds everything like super super well so i always always will say trans you know favorite gwent game director is is a difficult one because you would have to say i mean you have to root for the for the one that is that is current but I will actually say Rethus because he was the, the the OG number one. <laughs> he 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 will be in my heart um, always, um, especially after uh, him flaming the community on Reddit uh, in the in the early beginnings. Uh, that was the highlight of my of my Gwent career for sure. Seeing a, a game director losing his um, you know what on 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 Reddit instead of taking it easy. And me trying to talk to him, not to take things personally and stuff like that. But he was very passionate about it. He was the person who started everything. Um, 
And then Jason, I would say, is is Gwen's savior and the person who I personally, as a CDPR employee and as a person working on Gwent, I can say that he I like he brought me on the project that made me even like to work even closer with the development team. And then on the other hand, we have Vlad who I've always considered a friend and a person who uh, has been throughout the Gwent journey as long as I have, maybe a little bit shorter than me, but still like he was the person that joined in and kind of brought esports to a level that it is right now. And from that point on, like all his hard work and dedication has kind of led to where Gwent is now, but he was kind of taking over the gauntlet from Jason, which Jason, I think, steered the ship in the right direction. And Vlad was the best person to take over and kind of head it, you know, keep it heading on course. So that's that's my answer. Like I can't I can't just name one person. I think I think the worst time when it comes to Gwen's direction was when um for sure, like before like when homecoming was announced and then there was a lot of turmoil in terms of like changing directors within the company itself and all that stuff. So I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of that. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my, that's my, that's my long answer to that question. That's a good answer as well. For those who are not necessarily aware, yeah, you think that Gwent could be turbulent now? Oh boy. Back then, (laughs) like the game director used to put on the the boxing gloves and jump in and start throwing haymakers, man. Like there was some, There was some serious, serious uh, exchange going on back then. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Friends, do yourself a favor. Go and, uh, you know, dust off the old reading glasses because if you go in the Wayback Machine and jump on Reddit, holy moly, it was the Wild West. So, (laughs) um, when you had like game director like spinning out, go jumping in, like showing data and telling like people, no, you are wrong. Data says this. And then community saying no, but we say this, and it was kind of like I've I've trust me, like I I know I'm I'm kind of talking about this, but I've I've been a person that is well known for saying like oh this is not a problem, this is fine based on data, like me, but me misinterpreting and quoting data in a bad way <laughs> led to some weird cases. Like I think there was once uh, me talking about Dijkstra not being a problem and stuff like that. So and then it kind of spanned into becoming a thing and everybody was talking about it but you know we all make mistakes um but i think like the golden rule when it comes to interaction on the internet always is if you're in the heat of the moment and you want to answer give yourself an hour at least or at least if if you're very heated just just like stop and count to five count to five five second rule always works and then think if you want to write that same thing again because if you're if you if you do then maybe you need a little bit more time, but if not, then it probably means that you know you, you just got really mad at that one time and you should not be replying. So I think it applies to everything in life. Yeah, sometimes it's like, does it really matter that when you if you you know if to to sort of inject more negativity or or, or more like criticism is fine, and I always tell people this. I said like yeah. like. If if you are constructive you, criticism precisely, and this is uh, I had to go through this when I started when I re, I, I say replaced Mogwai because no one can replace Mogwai, but when I was brought in uh, as McBeard's partner when Mogwai left, um, 
I was, you know, there was a lot of criticism because I was not Mogwai, but I wasn't trying to be Mogwai. That was not what it was. But I always yeah. tell people, and uh, I'm okay for criticism, and I get criticism all the time from from Mark the Isma producer. But it's meant, and he always says it. He's like, I'm saying this with love, but it's, and I'm like, yeah hit me and it's all methods to improve what we're doing and that's it's what good. it is it's good for you it is absolutely good for me because i am not the broadcaster i am today without that criticism but mm-hmm. when when the criticism is i don't like flake he sucks i want i'm like tell me why i suck so that i can suck yeah. less because you're yeah. you saying that isn't meant to improve a situation it's meant to bring me down but i'm not here to be brought down i'm here to be to build upon that so i am okay with you saying that I suck or whatever, or tell me where I can improve. Be specific so that I can work on that. That's what I'm doing. Now, favorite director, well, like I said, it's uh, whoever hires me, but uh, it's like I've met, <laughs> I think I've met Jason and I've met uh, Vlad. Uh, yeah. Jason was awesome. We sat down at one of the events. We had uh, a beer together. We talked about Montreal, where he was from. You know, he's been and lived where I have. Um, and Vlad, I mean, Vlad has been a friend and has had time for me when I was um, a speck of dust amidst the cosmos in Gwent. You know, like he always had time for me and now here I am, just a slightly brighter speck of dust amidst the cosmos. So, um, and but movie director, I'm going to say Scorsese. I just can't turn down a Scorsese movie. There's so much imagery in Scorsese movies. There's so much going on that um, if you're paying attention is quite fascinating. I just love Scorsese movies in general. Uh, Most of my favorite movies that I can rewatch over and over, like Goodfellas, Casino, uh yeah. the departed Ooh. um classics classics like how do you All-time go wrong classics. how do you go wrong yeah you can't go wrong with those so i'll say i'll say scorsese nice good choices uh i think we got one more yep uh what card or a set of cards make up a strong deck what are the gwent essentials this one uh this one's from chris fuller uh cool a new member i think to the gwent community i remember i i gave him a little bit of a coaching session and uh hey. he has since sort of uh rocket shipped to uh some pretty good uh pretty good rankings in gwent so chris nice. fuller good good dude uh what are the gwent essentials well if we're talking about cards you can't go wrong with owner mancy you can't go wrong with heatwave like if ever i tell people if you're going to be crafting cards um yeah. Pick a faction, but neutrals are usually what you want to dump some of those resources in. And Onormancy and Heatwave are typically the first two that you want to uh, yeah. pick up. Yeah, those two a must must include muzzle after the changes for ten point two. Vigo's muzzles being played everywhere, I think, right now. But yeah, I w- I would totally say Heatwave Heatwave is is a must, and if you're playing Squirtle, Popco is a must. Ha ha ha! No, he's not. But uh, yeah, uh, Great Oak will be will be good now. Uh, for me, always the the essential has been has been like you know something that you can have as targeted removal, whatever it is. Like if if you're playing with with any type of uh, deck, you need you need the removal. Like you need the points, of course, but you need the removal. And it's like if you're if you're thinking about your opponent playing something that is his win condition, if you have last say, you can you can get rid of it. Like you can get rid of the gourd um or anything like that so so that's that, that that's i would have to agree with you here yeah i mean if you're if you're crafting something like the neutrals are always a good choice because you can use them across multiple decks especially if you're starting out 
Um, yeah. In terms of like faction specifics, uh, what are the essentials? I'd say like Yennefer's Invocation uh, for Ooh, Nilfgaard, Amphibious Assault, 100%. Um, yeah. Call of Nature, I think for... Uh, and a lot of these just become tutors in reality. Yes, yes. Tutors, yes, and tutors are, are your friends. There was a time, I'm not joking, I remember several years ago, there was all kinds of Reddit um, noise about the fact that Heatwave was a bad card. And now there's all kinds of Reddit noise that Heatwave is just OP. Uh, like, yeah. you know, so if the, the way things change is fascinating to me. Um, but that's... Standard, standard any card game, standard. Things are OP, then they be, then, then sometimes, you know, they, they become less played, that they come back and people are saying once again that they're OP, they should be banned. And it all depends in, 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 uh, of the current meta that you're playing in, but also depends kind of of what other cards like what the other cards are doing to influence those cards so yeah so welcome to card games thank you chris uh chris's name on twitter is well his his handle is like at c underscore fuller 306 but the name is bozo nightmare and i'm gonna use it's such an obscure small little reference but i'm gonna see if you know what uh that it's a bozo nightmare is a lyric from a band uh or group yeah uh, I don't know that. You don't okay, so this I is I have no idea what it is. Uh I believe it's Beck. I think it's oh, a really? Beck lyric. I love Beck. They're yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh the, so when I see Bozo Nightmare, I think that's a uh, part of a Beck lyric. So I'm I'm hoping if Chris hears this, if he will uh yeah. confirm or deny that it is uh yeah, he got that from Beck's Beck. album like Colors is like one of my all time favorite ones. It's, it's a quite a recent one. It's one that I've been playing like nonstop when I'm driving, so yeah, Beck is awesome. Beck is such a um, I, just to be in his mind when he's writing songs. Like they're so, yeah. it, it's like a jungle gym of of like yeah. weird things going good. on. Good, good, good. Yeah. We like that. We like we like the weird energy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it, man. I think that's uh, that's the last question. Thank you so much to everyone who submitted. Again, um, send your questions our way. You can uh, find the thread usually on Mondays or Tuesdays on mm-hmm. Reddit. You'll find it there on my Twitter at WatchFlake. Uh, Pavel at Pavel Berja. You can send us. It's also questions. on forums, but nobody asks questions there. I like even posted to like two episodes, and it's still like you know cricket noise. <laughs> nothing <laughs> uh, nobody we gotta incentivize people but uh, yeah, yeah uh, again i'm gonna end it like i ended every other episode is i love you man likewise man love you too <laughs> well and we love you for listening thank you so much everyone exactly. don't forget please follow um this channel the gwentfinity channel on youtube if you're on spotify follow that as well but uh i never really do this but it's uh, apparently for the metrics and for everything else it's so important if you guys can just take a moment to give it a five-star review on whatever platform whatever review you guys can give it it really does help us out here we have no we make no money off of this it's not what we're here to do but we're here sponsors too so you know hit it like it you know subscribe all that stuff damn right good stuff we need we need a sponsor. This is the goal for 2022. Forza gets a sponsor. You know what? Like when when I said that, make it happen. We're, we're not here making money. Um, uh, we we'd love to. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, if we could get rich off of just shooting the shit you and I once a week, like, oh, dude. so good, so good. But ultimately, our we're just here to hang out and talk about uh, Gwent and life, and that's what it is. So exactly. 
Thank you so much, Berja, again, for just making my Likewise. week so much brighter. I love you, buddy. Same, same here. Love you too, man. And yeah, thank you for, for preparing the script as always. And I'm always I'm always hyped for, for Wednesdays when we just sit down and get to record. Wednesdays are good days, friends. Thank you so much exactly. for tuning in. Don't forget, you're not losing if you're learning. So keep playing cards. You might win. We'll see you next week on Flurza. Bye. <laughs>